1: On today's episode, myself and Tommy Dreamer recap SummerSlam, the first SummerSlam under the new regime of Triple H. How much have things changed? We'll break it down. Also, speaking of changes, how about a change in Becky Lynch and a change in Ronda Rousey? We'll talk about that. And, of course, the big main event, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. We got you covered right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The beginning of a new era. For the WWE, because I think a lot of eyes were on this show because it is now Triple H's product. And I think right from match number one, Tommy, especially what took place after match number one, you're seeing his thumbprints all over that show last night.
2: Yes. And the amount of, you know, I watched the the clock like I normally do when I'm watching, uh, let's say, a dynamite. I'm looking at the time the matches had, which was great. And what a great opener. And if you want to talk about hooking me in right off the bat with, you know, the return of Bailey, uh, Dakota Kai, Eero Shirai, who now has a name change. And that building was just rocking. But if it's after that match, and like I said, the women tore it up. They had a great opener, great chemistry together. And then, what you and I have been calling for, for a long, long time, kind of like a Becky, Becky return back to being yeah, a baby yeah. face. And it happened in loss. That was a great segment where everybody got over. But when we talk about triple H's fingerprints, of course, Dakota Kai, um, you know, part of NXT, uh, Io Shirai, uh, the same and Bailey's return. It was three great happy moments. And even though they look like they're going to be heels It was this unexpected moment. And I totally, totally loved, excuse me, when WWE does something right, they do it extremely right. You know, there's all throughout the day, who's backstage, who's all these rumors, who's trending, who's going to be there. And none of the three women that were there got out. And it was just a great moment and surprise for the wrestling fans and when you when i say it's a new era david there were so many things that were different and when i say different they mentioned referees names they talked about wrestling history yes and if you think about the wwe they created the majority of the history but they're now allowed to talk about it when the usos you know and i heard rikishi was their father and umaga i was like whoa and even talk about Jeff Jarrett, who's got a busy weekend this weekend. Yep, Like, that's almost acknowledging that there's another thing going on outside of the WWE, which never has been existed. Michael Cole has this career renaissance going on for himself. And it's if you really think about it, it's just because, I mean, I've always been a fan of Michael Cole, but the announcers are allowed to talk about Real things that don't have somebody in their head telling them what they're not supposed to talk about. Well,
1: I mean, I think the biggest example of that, Tommy, was when they're talking about TLC 2000, yeah. um, and 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 mentioning the Hardys. I mean, J- Jeff and Matt Hardy both are no longer with the WWE, so for them to re- to even reference the Hardys during a live SummerSlam broadcast, and you know, as you said, history mentioning Big Boss Man, like, those are exciting moments. For fans like us,
2: yeah, talking about Jeff Jarrett's last SummerSlam match, losing his hair against X Pac, yeah, um, all these different things, which is just listen, man, as a I never understood it. You know, you'll we're watching the NFL and they'll talk about the old AFL. Um, I never ever got that, or they talk about teams like you know the Baltimore Colts. Um, But And in the WWE world, you couldn't get it. And it's such a simple thing to do because it gets, it validates that there was a past. And it was just, that had simple, simple markings of change. And the whole show had a feeling of change from the opening match, even to the end with the chaotic main event Um, was a lot different. You know, we had Road Dogg on the show and Road Dogg, said it's it's think of what could happen like you know when we're we're selling out nxt in arenas think of what could happen that now you're controlling the entire machine of the wwe in the sense of with established stars like a brock lesnar a roman reigns a becky lynch um think of that and i think we saw parts of that last night and i was very very excited um for the WWE, and then even after the show, and I haven't seen this ever in the WWE, Triple H is trending. Thank you, Triple H. Thank you, Hunter. Thank you, the three H's. The last time I saw somebody thanking somebody after a pay-per-view was after an AEW pay-per-view, and and AEW has knocked every pay-per-view out of the park and has done it right. And this was really one of the, the first, uh, it's an, of a new regime. And, if, and if, I'm working, if I'm working in AEW, I'm like, whoa, I got to take a step back because AEW was the alternative. And now look what the WWE is doing on their first show. And if that continues, as they say, and I like to do it uh, because I know it's Paul Heyman's uh, one of his many tells of his tough guy walk when he pulls up his pants. It's I have to pull up my pants, tighten up my belt, because I'm in for one hell of a ride now.
1: Tommy, what you just said as a fan excites me, and it's so true. And you probably, as far as thanking Triple H, you're going to have to go back to the black and gold brand. We spoke to Road Dog uh, this past Thursday on Busted Open, and if you missed it, uh, definitely subscribe to the Busted Open podcast. But he mentioned that he felt now with Triple H in charge that the main roster was going to be a little bit similar to that black and gold brand. And you can kind of feel it. And obviously by seeing Dakota Kai and Io Shirai uh, on, on last night on uh, at SummerSlam, you're feeling it as well. Listen, Tommy, uh, I've said this before, and I, and I know I'm kind of like beating a dead horse here, but it, it, I feel like it needs to be repeated. I've said it in the 13 years that I've been the host here on Busted Open. Vince McMahon was never a fan of pro wrestling. You know, I go back to that Broken Skull Sessions where Stone Cold is interviewing Vince McMahon. And Stone Cold just mentions pro wrestling. And you see the look of disgust and disdain in Vince McMahon's face. He's like, we're not pro wrestling. You know, what you did wasn't pro wrestling. Well, it is. And I think Triple H acknowledges that I've I've seen many a press conference with Triple H where he acknowledges pro wrestling and he describes pro wrestling as an art form for fans like you and I. And I think the majority of fans out there, that is a sigh of relief when, you know, the guy in charge respects pro wrestling the way that Triple H does.
2: Yes. And David, you know, through. I know this because, you know, I know Triple H, and I'm not saying that him and I are, are best buds, but I have a ton of respect for the guy. But you also talk about your office. You'll look at your office. What is it around? You know, it's got a lot of wrestling memorabilia. When you walked into Triple H's office, he had this original title. He had that original title. He has memorabilia through social media, you know, and I've known this. He collects old eight by tens. Of older wrestlers, because he was a big fan, like most of us were I don't know if when you say um, Vince McMahon wasn't a fan, because you'll always hear You know, you got to do your research, or I've, you know, spoken to him about different people I spoke to him, you know, about uh, Back in the day about Big Daddy V, and he was referencing like Abdul the Butcher and these menacing monsters, like, you know but like you know we all hear that you know one of his favorite wrestlers was Dr. Jerry Graham when he was a performer so i don't know if the but you, you also got to look at if as it's you grew it's a business and there will be certain things think of how you when people used to call the show a podcast how you yeah. would get pissed correct
1: yes and now
2: it's because no we're not a podcast <laughs> hey, hey, we're actually yeah. a, and you'd fight with people So it's, those are little like hangups. Listen, man, we all have our quirks. Um, I agree and I disagree, but what I think we both can agree on is how there's a positive change in the wrestling industry. And I I saw a lot of different great inputs from Triple H
1: and a Triple H regime, which I think we're
2: going to see more of
1: Tommy, got to get into that main event last night between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And listen, I am always going to be excited about Brock and Roman. This is now, I think, the seventh pay-per-view that we've seen Brock and Roman in a match together. I think most of them have been very good to excellent. And I think last night, Tommy, was another example of that.
2: Big time. I mean, the guys have amazing chemistry. and There's a few times... Where I didn't know who was going to win. and that unpredictability, especially within the WWE, uh, had me, which is what we all kind of want to know. and I, I've talked about so many times going into an Aew paper where I don't know anything um, about any of the matches because I couldn't tell. And last night, I know you had asked me when the last time I was on we did a, you and I did a quick, who's going to win, who's going to lose. And I, we both said Roman, but there was at times where I didn't know what they were going to do. And that entrance and the tractor, the, the total chaos, when I had seen the, uh, I knew the tractor would come into play when I saw the ring, I had envisioned someone flipping the ring over on top of the other guy. And that's why they couldn't get up which, or I envisioned somebody going through the ring, you know, a la Bam Bam Bigelow and, and Taz. But it was just so that chaotic scene just looked so different. I would have went back into the ring and done something in the ring with, uh, while it was up elevated like that. Uh, it was just, it was great. It was, it was a great way to end that feud and, and just, the finish, the calling of the finish And even little simple things Of like Michael Cole As they're signing off t- Asking someone to tend to Brock yeah. Like hey we have a, a a person here and it wasn't like Hey tomorrow's gonna be Monday Night Raw um, There was just The chaos and my other Favorite part when Brock went to A lot of people and they even discussed It how slippery the ropes Were getting, how slippery stuff gets because of the humidity because actual things start to breathe and start to sweat like animate objects, like the railing, the ropes. And when Brock tried to like jump up on the, and he slipped and the commentators said, that's going to just make Brock angrier. No one chanted you effed up. And I like, if Brock would have looked back at the entire audience, it would almost be like, everyone would be scared to say you effed up because Brock would go through the crowd and at five, the entire crowd.
1: It was again, the commentary was, was excellent. Cole was at his best last night and you're right. Like even during the count at the end, when Brock kept getting back up, he's like, for God's sake, just count faster because he knew that there was no way he was ever going to be able to answer the call. Tommy uh, physicality storyline wise, they threw everything out there and it worked. I didn't know exactly what was going to happen with that tractor. And it was funny when they did the entrance and Brock climbed up to the top of the tractor. You know, he's standing there during the introductions. And then for a second, you see him look back, right? All right, how am I going to get back down? And then he just jumps off of it. The guy is a beast. I mean, it's unbelievable what an athlete Brock Lesnar is. But what they did it. That match didn't hurt Brock at all because obviously Roman needed a little help from the Usos in order to win that match last night. But my goodness, it really helped Roman Reigns. And again, each and every time Roman gets a victory, it elevates him. And now, and again... Tommy, great job by Cole saying now he's in the likes of a Pedro Morales, a Bruno San Martino, a Bob Backlund, a, a Hulk Hogan because of how long he's held on to this championship title. Again, going back to history means a lot, and it did last night.
2: Big time. And there, the use of Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman the advocate. Paul, Paul Heyman's a manager, and he's in the corner of Roman Reigns. Even when first he caused a distraction To make Brock Lesnar go through a table And the way he was like being very, very heelish And Paul Heyman-esque Then another time when he went after Brock And that camera's right there He's like, this is my meal ticket How long have I known you? That's a, a, a version of reality But it really set the tone for the story And then when was the last time Paul Heyman got bumped let alone put through a table and but that's what a manager does a successful manager and then the fact that like i'm trying to think of the last time i saw paul Heyman get bumped and that goes to the i feel a new era with Mm -hmm. triple h i'm a big fan of managers managers done right are great especially for a heel And you saw a lot of them in AEW. There's not a whole bunch in WWE, but like think of one of the greatest managers of all time, Bobby Heenan, he would get bumped almost all the time. And that proverbial, well, I want to save my bump. No, because Bobby Heenan would get bumped all the time and keep that heat. And yes, I get the build, but I I like when people try to reinvent, and this is more, You know a a personal thing If it means a lot yes But Go back to Captain Lou Albano when managers were In their hey hey day and then You know Jimmy Hart all those guys They were bumping machines and they added to the Match and you saw that last night But again the overall chaos Was just so So it was a great ending And it was just such a different show And uh while we were at break I want to go to uh twitter sweet sapphire underscore 2k understand uh, underscore two underscore k she said michael cole referred to the ww people in attendance as wwe fans really oh god
1: that <laughs> taboo
2: word thank you for your input but that is i was just i that would have i didn't hear it but think of that
1: Yeah, because now you're going to have to start thinking of things in a different way, right? Tommy, like a lot of those quote unquote banned words uh, from the WWE, maybe that's not going to be the case anymore with Vince gone and Triple H in charge. As a matter of fact, maybe a lot of those terms and words are going to be used more frequently because Triple H is in charge. Again, I think Triple H wanted to make a statement last night and he did. I think a lot of what we saw last night, Tommy, was done on purpose. It was done on purpose to let fans know that this is a new era. You know, Bully mentioned it last week. There's a honeymoon period for Triple H, but it's not going to be a long honeymoon period. If they went, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks, and there wasn't significant changes with this product, it was going to sour a lot of fans. I think... Last night, and you know what? Even a little bit on SmackDown on Friday, you started to see a little bit of changes with the programming. Last night was a significant statement by Triple H that we're moving forward with a different regime. And like you said, little things like WWE fans goes a long way because I'm sure if Michael Cole would have said WWE fans a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, there would have been somebody yelling in his ears saying it's not fans it's the wwe universe not the case last night
2: no and dave i kind of equate this to he was so we grew up with him during different times a george steinbrunner and think of all the different managers he had and you would hear all these things about george steinbrunner and how he, he was first going to be a silent owner. And then he was just, I mean, at times, and, and we've now through the years, he was running the show even as the manager. And so many managers would either quit or get fired. You know, the famous Billy Martin in him. You know, the guy was a manager, what, eight times for the New York Yankees? Yeah. Or, hey, I won a World Series. I'm fighting with you. I'm out. And then here comes another guy. Towards the end, George Steinbrunner, I remember when they brought him back and everyone talked so great about him, But he was, you know, getting on in years and he was older and there there's a scene of George Steinbrenner crying in the stands, which really, really resonated with me because he was always such this big, powerful owner. Vince got everybody to the dance. And yes, there's always got to be a time for change. And now you have this time. And again, I, I will say this throughout the show. It was very, very prevalent that there was change and more stuff will happen and change. And for the wrestling industry and for the wrestling fans, that's very, very important.
1: Yeah. And and like George Steinbrenner, who, by the way, was a big wrestling fan, George Steinbrenner, um, you know, he did a lot of successful things in the seventies, but then it all came crashing down in the eighties because he made a lot of moves just to grab headlines instead of doing what was best for the team. And I think there is a lot of, you know, a a lot of nods to what we're talking about with Vince McMahon. What did what what did George Steinbrenner do in the 90s? He relied on other people, you know, George Michael and that farm system with the New York Yankees. He kind of backed off. He didn't just go after high price free agents anymore. He let things breathe. He did things the right way. Why? Because he got help. Vince McMahon never really got that help. You know, we talked about it all the time. A lot of times with WWE programming, it was for an audience of one, and that was Vince McMahon. That's not going to be the case anymore. It's not for an audience of one. It's for the fans. It's what's best for the fans. And again, things like Io Shirai and Dakota Kai, that's for the fans. Dakota Kai was gone. She was gone from the company. All reports were saying that Io Shirai, when her contract was done, she was gone. And then there you see them at SummerSlam with a new faction with Bailey Again, change. Not change for just change's sake, but change for the betterment and the improvement of the product. And I, and I, I got to tell you, Tommy, I'm excited for the future. I, I even tweeted it out yesterday during SummerSlam. I'm now excited for Monday Night Raw. There were things that happened on that show last night that are going to make me want to tune in. To Monday Night Raw, which I can't, you know me, Tommy, nobody bitches and moans more than me about Monday Night Raw. I'm actually excited for what's going to happen tomorrow night on Raw.
2: Agreed. I am as well. And uh, even the simple as with Dakota Kai, when the commentator, I don't even think she works here. Yep. And, you know, I would have been. I don't want to say happier, but it was like if she would have said, you know, hey, she doesn't work here or she was released from her contract. Of course, she's going to be pissed. These are real life stories that people can tell. But it's the fact that they're acknowledging so many different things. Yesterday was a breath of fresh air. And Dave, there's another thing, you know, that uh, we'll get into after, uh, you know, maybe break Um, the Logan Paul. I sat here, and all of a sudden, my daughters and my nephews and my nieces, they walk in, they go, is that Logan Paul? Oh, my God, he's wrestling now with the WWE? And they all stood and watched his match. He's a total different demo than you and I, but I watched 18-year-olds, 14-year-olds, I think an 11 and a 13 all come in and gravitate towards the television when he came on. And I was like, ew, how do you like, and because of how he got over, but it, that's another different thing and a different element. It doesn't appeal to the 50 year olds, but it appeals to, and when I'm telling you, it was like a magnet to the television.
1: I really didn't think that Ronda was going to stick around, but she obviously is, because this story is going to continue, and it was a really good story because we talked about it a lot. Tommy Ronda Rousey's a badass. Ronda Rousey may be the the most next to Brock Lesnar, or maybe even more than Brock Lesnar, or on par the most credible athlete that you have in the WWE right now. Liv Morgan, she could break Liv Morgan in half if she wanted to. And you know what? That's the story that they told. Liv Morgan went up to that ring, and she was scared. You could tell by her facials that she was nervous to step into the ring with Ronda Rousey. And she was in defense mode. She got a little offense in, but she was in defense mode, grabbing for that bottom rope to break holds. Like, that's, that's the game plan that Liv Morgan had. She was able to pick up the victory, but obviously she tapped out before that three count.
2: Well, David, um, I do not think that is so the case. And here's a bigger, bigger thing that I saw in this because I remember way back when a very, very adamant Paul Heyman, uh, when he was the writer for SmackDown, did that same exact finish with Undertaker and Kurt Angle and he Was promoting it to everybody it was his Thing but and it bombed And Vince hated it and they had to reshoot It and all the fans had left And they went and reshot it with uh, People who were there to clean up The arena and extras And they shot it from a specific point because Cameras missed it and it Just didn't work out One I said If this is a Paul Heyman influence That's a whole other For this new era Because that was the exact finish That he had pitched And when it failed He was still pitching it to people To try to say how it should have worked And it worked last night It worked because We had to Even on a few of the camera angles You didn't see it And David we had talked about this last week With when you're a real referee In real sports Where there's money on the line And there's you know There's so many different factors. You have teams of referees and they cannot tell. And then they, what do they do? They go to instant replay. And even with instant replay, you sometimes can't tell. And yes, it pisses people off, but they don't overturn a a call. And then you have people, it's clearly pass interference or that ball was clearly foul. There's so many different things you can talk about. And this is something that you're going to be talking about and then you had said about Ronda sticking around, Ronda also hit an official, so Ronda could be suspended. But when you talk about human error as a referee, it really, really held up. I enjoyed the finish because, like you said, how do you get out of this situation where Liv looks like she can't handle a Ronda Rousey? But she did a great job of being that underdog, which will get people behind you. And Rhonda, there was two things that Rhonda did that I friggin' loved. Right before she hooked a hold, she went and yelled at the people, which made her a heel. And when she locked in the hold, when Liv made it to the ropes, they applauded, which is so, so rare, but it made it mean so much more because now I'm believing in this baby face. And yes, there's other people who are going to say she had her pinned. If you look at the replay, and I know you're crazy, and I'm sure you're going to be rewinding if you had a VCR like we used to do, but now you just go back on your DVR. She kind of tapped right before the three count. So if you have Jack Tunney come in and reverse the decision and give it to Rhonda, you could do that. But then it's also referee's final uh, call think of the perfect game that was thrown and then later the referee went and said, I blew the call. but the in the record book it said the guy never threw a perfect game he never threw a no-hitter and but the referee admitted that he was wrong in that call. So it's back if it happened now, which that kind of instituted the instant replay. but you really have to like, it's a deep dive in our world of professional wrestling. It's how you can kind of control the narrative and how do you give the title to someone who then struck a referee? Cause if you remember, if somebody struck a referee once and I think they were um, kicked out for quite some time in the NBA or something like that anyway. That's yeah.
1: No, that, yeah. Like, you know, you had the whole fiasco with the heat and the Knicks back in the day uh, with Alonzo Mourning and Patrick Ewing. But but in this case, if you look at it, and there's a, lot, there's a lot of layers to what happened last night in this match. First and foremost, we've seen a change in Ronda Rousey. We saw it on SmackDown uh, uh, this past Friday, where she actually yelled at a fan in the audience, which is not Ronda Rousey-like. And we saw her do it again last night. She got screwed. And this isn't the only time. At WrestleMania 35, we talked about it a lot. She should not have been pinned at WrestleMania 35. Her shoulder was up. They never went back and referenced it. They never went back and talked about it. Here they did. They're making it into a story. And again, this is what I love about this possible new era in the WWE where, you know what? The fans are smart. The fans know. You know, I think Vince McMahon thought that the WWE universe had a very, very short memory. They don't. Wrestling fans are extremely into detail. And I think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay dividends for this new era in the WWE. But Ronda got screwed. She got screwed at WrestleMania 35, and she got screwed last night. Now you bring up another aspect, which is attacking a referee. You can't change that decision. And, and she should be suspended. So Ronda Rousey is going to be waiting in the wings because she deserves another opportunity at that title because last night she made Liv Morgan tap.
2: Or Liv Morgan pinned Ronda Rousey.
1: She did, but Liv tapped before that three count. It's clear as day.
2: But the referee was watching the shoulders.
1: Obviously, we saw a little fear in Liv Morgan's eyes. When she was holding that title at the end of the match, you could tell that she knew she got over. A smile came to her face because I think she knew she got away with one, and she definitely did. I don't think she was aware of Rhonda's shoulders on the mat, and she was tapping. So she got away with one. It's going to be interesting how this story continues. But clearly, Tommy, now Rhonda's a heel, and that's the way it should be. I think she plays off much better as a heel than a baby face. Listen, you saw it when Ronda came out. There are still fans that get excited. They showed a lot of kids jumping up and down because here comes Ronda. But I do think that Ronda plays better as a heel than a face. Yeah. Is she prepared to be a badass heel now, Ronda, you think, after what we saw last night?
2: I think Ronda could be the WWE's version of Brock Lesnar in the for the females. And it's funny, uh, Beulah came in here. And said, I'd be afraid if I was Liv Morgan, because if Ronda wanted to beat her, she could just snap her in two. And I said, yes. And I go, but that doesn't happen in wrestling unless you're Brock Lesnar and Brock just don't give an F. Yeah. And I, Ronda doesn't have to give an F.